Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again to Scale Down. Every month, uh, the Scale Down event uh, occurs in London's fashionable West End in a pub, or rather a room above the pub called the King and Queen. And the guests invited are asked to possibly scale down their act. This could be, which is definitely with regards to the length of the set, all performances are roughly about 15 to 20 minutes. And sometimes, but not always, uh, the artists scale down with their repertoire and instrumentation. As I say, this takes place normally the last Friday of every month and every other week here on Resonance 104.4 FM, we play you highlights. My name's Mark Braby and my co-presenter Andy Cools will now tell us who we have in store on today's show. Andrew, who's on today's show? Yeah, on today's show we've got, uh, first up we've got the Paranoid Foundation, um, two guys who uh, play sort of dystopian layered soundtracks. Um, followed up by um, Dave Draper, who's also known as the Invisible String Quartet. Um, we're going to start off by playing a track from the Paranoid Foundation, which was recorded at Scale Down. And this one is going to be called Desolation, just as soon as I get it in the CD player. <laughs> and here we go.
That was a track called Desolation, performed by the Paranoid Foundation, who were recorded live at Scale Down in uh, May of this year, I believe. Uh, we have them here with us live in the studio. Hi, guys. Nice. Microphone is working, so that's a start. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to ask you, uh, what's the, the, where did your name come from? Well, um, difficult question. <laughs> difficult question for me. Um, it's more Chris who, who devised the name. Um, previous to the Paranoid Foundation, he was working as a solo artist using the name City Paranoids. And, um, we actually met when we were at Sound Engineering College together. And after we finished there, we had quite a similar musical taste, so we decided to collaborate. And um, the first CD Chris handed me was some of his backing noises for me to be having a look at was um, he'd written the name Paranoid Foundation on the front so just thought it worked as a good band name really and I've got to say I opposed it but you know <laughs> beggars choosers uh, this album that you've that this particular performance was to mark the release of your latest album uh, Double Negative is that the first under the title of the, uh, the Paranoid Foundation mm. no that's the second album um first album we put out was was called Foundations um, we put that out the year before, I think we finished it um, mid-2004 it was the first um, product of our collaborations um, basically it was a split album um, Chris did one half and I did the other um, using some of Chris's sounds um, yes yeah, so that was the first one we did and then this is the follow up and in between with there's various other projects we've worked on, none of which we've released yet, but... Um, we'll get there. Don't worry, we'll get we'll there. Get there. <laughs> you actually mentioned you working on one thing, Andrew, and Chris doing something else, and then you're taking some of Chris's sounds. That's correct. Um, uh, how does that work in, in effect? I mean, do you talk about this, or do you literally do something like uh, put another layer of stuff over Chris's stuff? And Chris, do you agree with that, or can you actually say, no, I don't like what you're doing, Andrew, or um, how does it work in that well, respect? Well, I mean, I've we've never really had the situation where you know he's, he's, he's done some work and I've turned around and said no I'm not happy with that fortunately hmm. uh, I, I suppose it would just have to be a fist fight really to see <laughs> otherwise but um, yeah no generally we've one or other of us will come up with an idea and then take it as far as we can and then hand it to the other person and just take it from there and then it just sort of builds and builds okay. yeah I think it works better us working in isolation really you know we've both got our own distinct styles and um, it's just a quicker way of working and I think we get better results really you know we're not arguing over the track while we're making it if you like we're, we're doing our own bit and then handing it over and so far it's so good you know mm. um, the first album Foundations was done very much um, with Chris giving me backing material to work with um, the new one is more of Chris's own solo material with some of my sounds in there I gave him a CD of various sounds I was working on and he's done the rest basically but um, future projects you know there's, there's no hard and fast rules really we just see what works to be honest mm -hmm. yeah should we play a track off that first album why not why not this is going uh, Praying Mantis yeah yeah we'll go for cool. track number three Track number seven, sorry, Praying Mantis. Mm -hmm. 
Pilgrim. Foundation there. No, was it City Paranoid? That was Paranoid, Paranoid Foundation. Foundation. From the album Foundations. Excellent. We heard a Mellotron. We were actually just discussing it. We were discussing, well, kind of commenting anyway. We were talking about the distinctive sound of the Mellotron and actually the 
the objective of the Mellotron is to replicate other sounds, so how can it actually be a distinctive sound? We've actually changed oh, it. We've got Dave Draper here as well in the studio. Hello, Dave. Hi. And, uh, you know, we're just... Um, I don't know. How can, you dis how can you actually say something that has a definitive sound if it's meant to be sounding like anything else, you know? Well, I think that particular sound, I think the Beatles might have used that sound. Mm. It's like the Mellotron flute sound. So yeah. Probably fills forever. Yeah, yeah, I think that was where it was used, so people are always going to recognise that particular noise. But. And of course, it used to be a series of tapes, I believe. Yeah, that's that right. That was the first yeah. sample, really. That was it, yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, I, th I think they, they actually had a, a length of tape that, that played through, and it was on a spring, so rather than a loop. Uh -huh. So when it got to the end of the tape, the spring sort of quickly wound it back again, so you only had a certain number of seconds to play any one note. I, I, I can't... I don't know, perhaps they uh, upgraded it later. Yeah. But, uh, so there seems to be an awful lot of uh, effort going into making plugins for computers to simulate old technology that's all been lost now, that's it, rather yeah. than sort of design new digital fantastic sort of do anything sounds. Oh no, we want it to sound like a Hammond organ or a Mellotron. It is amazing the amount of instrumentation that can be replicated. Yeah, we want that glitch in there, just <laughs> like it used to sound. You yeah. know, whereas they probably spent thousands of pounds trying to iron out those things in those days and didn't have the technology. But of course, you know, with the Mellotron as well, it's, uh, it was quite a, a perishable instrument in a way, because the tape's not going to last forever, isn't it, really? So in a way, these kind of plugins are, are quite a godsend when it comes oh, to... Oh, that's it. You know? And these days, to be honest, the cost aspect of, of the whole thing is certainly is, uh, something you've got to consider, you know? The original Mellotron, very expensive, you've got to maintain it. It's, it's a very heavy instrument, you know, mm. it's a... A roadie's nightmare, to be honest, <laughs> if you're going to a gig. So I think the virtual instrument version has got several advantages, and particularly with the Mellotron, you know, it's, it's exact identical sounds because you're not modelling the instrument. You've actually got the actual samples, original samples from the tape banks. So. Yeah. So these instruments, I mean, you, you just you listen out to these things and try and think, oh, I want to replicate it and get a, that kind of feel, or how is it you go uh, about selecting a particular sound? I mean, if, if Chris, I take it that you're, you're going to be, you present a layer, uh, as we said before, yeah. and, uh, and Andrew's going to um, go over that. How does it, what um, sounds do you choose? Do you have a particular frame of... Um, I, I have a sort of a, an empirical attitude towards that sort of stuff generally. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if I find a sound that I like and I've not used it anywhere else, then, you know, that's fine. Um, I do consciously try and steer away from sounds that I've heard anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're going you're gonna to get overlaps here and there, and that's, that's unavoidable. But um, as much as possible, I try and create new sounds and just try and get away from what I've done previously, uh -huh. um, which is kind of good and bad because it means that you're... You know, you're, you're always sort of trying to avoid repeating yourself rather than just saying, right, I'm going to start from fresh and it's going to be a brave <laughs> new day and all that. But no, it's, it's worked well. So. Yeah, I think really, like, we're, we're trying to sort of create some kind of atmosphere with our music. So um, whatever sound sort of fits the sort of dark, oppressive atmosphere we're trying to create, really. That well, last track you just played, um, there's a number of different elements now, I think, Chris played. Is that the track you played guitar with a bow on, I think? Yeah, there's a bit of bass going on there as well. I think. Yeah, to create the backing, and then we've actually got a few field recordings in that one. Um, we have an invisible third member, <laughs> who's actually a Japanese guy, Tetsu, who does a lot of our artwork, and he um, com contributed a lot of the, the found sounds in that track. Um, I don't know if you noticed there were found a lot, sounds. A lot of 
field recordings uh-huh. yeah of um, building sites and things like that that we worked into the track so well, that always makes it even more interesting because you're creating a, a well I hate to say the word soundscape but it's the only thing I can think of at the moment but uh, with such things like that it's, it's good to get you know, real uh, organic sounds, something of the city, whatever. Now, you, you mentioned that you had an interest in dark and experimental sounds, and um, you've had, it says you're on your website that you've got, uh, you have an interest in a variety of musical sources, including kraut rock, industrial, and punk through to dub, and electronica and ambient noise. Um, do you actually think of a, a kind of a, a was this sort of dub or something or electronic? Oh, you think no, of something? Dub, no, Paranoid Foundation. No way. I mean, no, no. you've got to have dub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're both um, big fans of sort of 70s Jamaican reggae and dub. We're King Tubby, you know. King you Tubby, Lee Perry, <laughs> those sort of people, you know, they were the sort of big innovators in using the, the studio as an instrument in its own right, really. And um, that's, that's one of our major influences, I think. A lot of our sound also comes from sort of late 60s, early 70s um, German termed as Krautrock um, quite experimental music sort of the likes of Faust and some yeah. Can stuff and yeah, early Tangerine Dream mm-hmm. Faust, Can, Neu Popover all that kind of uh-huh. jazz <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of sort of quite deep, heavy music really but um I suppose, I suppose the other thing about it is that all of them like their big spaces, don't they? They all have big sounds, you know, yeah. big reverbs, yeah. big echoes. No, that's what sort of really strikes me when I listen to, in particular, like the first couple of Tangerine Dream albums. You know, they've got this vast, sort of expansive sound, and it's just sort of envelopes the listener really. And that's that's similar to sort of what we're going for really, just a, a sort of big atmosphere and sort of a timeless, if you like. Um, overall sounds we don't want to sort of latch on to any current fads really just want to just, just 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 have fun really you know do yeah. stuff you know be happy with it and just you know go and make another <laughs> that's what it's all about well, it's funny you mentioned fun and uh, dark experimental <laughs> music um they don't seem to go hand in hand but nevertheless i'm going to be i imagine it i mean yes i can imagine you can have fun with dark experimental music, but uh, it wouldn't be the word I chose, you know. But, well, uh, the fun's in the experimentation, you know, because yeah. you, you, I mean, to a certain extent, we, we talked about the dark element of the music before yeah. people started saying, oh, it's a bit dark, isn't it? You know, yeah, just yeah. as much to sort of stave that off, <laughs> <laughs> really, as much as anything. But, um, you know, I don't, think we, we, I don't think we intentionally set out to be a dark band. No, I think you know. a lot of the music we listen to is quite sort of dark really and, and personally speaking I'm not sure I've got a happy tune in me really it's, it's not something that sort of naturally comes to me to write a jolly tune so. no but by the same token you know we're not we're not sort of goths or no. you know sort of proper car carrying fans <laughs> of the cure or something like that you know <laughs> no, so no. I, I guess everything has its level you know but, yeah. well shall we play a track from the double negative album yeah. Yeah. Um, Why not? What one shall we play? I think we'll go for the track. We won't speak again. Oh, yeah. And uh, any reason for that one? Um, it's a collaborative track. Um, I just think it. um, It's one that showcases our way we work together. Yeah. It's it's quite a short track, and it's 
it's got elements of um, both our sound in there and yeah. the two melt together quite well I feel yeah it's just, it just one of those things where you did it in relatively short order and it just worked straight away you know, didn't have to mess with it okay let's hear this one then
You have been listening to the Paranoid Foundation. This is Scale Down on Resonance 104.4 FM. Uh, we've been chatting to Chris Lee and Andrew Walker. Chris and Andrew, uh, thanks very much for coming along. Thank um, you. I did enjoy the last performance, even though it looked like I was in another world. I was, I must admit, very inebriated. Uh, but I nevertheless absorbed the sound. And in a way, it kind of gave it a strange kind of feel, you know. But uh, thanks very much for, for coming along. Sure. Uh, any uh, website? Uh, well, you do have a website. What is the, yeah, the address? You can find us at www.paranoidfoundation.com. On there, you can find a selection of our music. And um, there's some some good visuals from our third member Tetsu he's a Japanese guy does some pretty incredible visuals he does our cover artwork so go on there and check that out we've also got a MySpace site and that's um, I think myspace.com slash paranoid foundation so have right. a look at that okay great stuff yeah. and thanks again for coming along thanks very much and Chris uh, thank, I forgot to tell you that you're the most regular visitors of Scale Down Club is that good? and uh, I should I would give you a medal if I had a milk bottle top and and a, uh, oh, a safety pin. But, uh, you're all right. You're all right. I want to just say we, thank we, you we very much for being a regular that. visitor to our club. Well, there we go. <laughs> okay, thanks very much, guys. Cool. Um, okay. Well, next up we have. Um, Right, 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 right